The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get $100 in free bets. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Yes, that's right. I said NBA. I know we're in the midst of MLB, and football is about two weeks away in college, and NFL not too far away. But, hey, NBA is at least king for me and maybe my two co-hosts as well. We're going to dig into some Eastern Conference win totals today. I know uh, markets are starting to drop here a little bit. So we'll start getting into some early, early uh, win totals for the NBA season. But joining me, you guys know them as my co-host of the NBA Gambling Podcast, as well as the two co-hosts of the WNBA Gambling Podcast. The gentlemen are busy first. It's my main man on the East Coast, Scott Studio Reichel. Scott, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, it feels good to be back. Uh, I believe it's the first episode we've had in about a month and a half. Yeah, so, since July first, but nobody. I was going to say a lot of stuff has changed. Well, I said a month and a half, basically the same thing, <laughs> but still, uh, it's nice to have the NBA uh, episode with uh, some, I'd say, things to look forward to for the upcoming season, which should be fun. Uh, unfortunately, my team has to abstain, so you guys can't fully mock my team because they don't have a line right now. But we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But it's good to be back, and I'm happy to be here with you guys. Yes, sir. And also joining us is a superstar of the show. You guys know him better as the villain for the NBA. It's Terrell Furman Jr. Terrell, how you doing, my man? Oh, man, I am ecstatic. I am excited. NBA basketball is around the corner, and I don't have to worry about having an itch or being or being tired or restless because the WNBA has been paying me. It's been great over this summer, and now we're rolling right into NBA action, and we're starting with these win totals. Look, yo, I'm just – are we taking everybody's under? Kramer's taking everybody's <laughs> under in the NFL. I, I feel like I have to follow suit as a form – you know, he's a hoagie guy. He's a Giants guy. I feel like I got to follow suit and just tell you that just take everybody's under in the NBA – Nobody knows anything. Nobody knows anything. It's it's like my friend uh, Dave Sherapin, the sports consig says, nobody knows shit. But here we are. Um, yeah, like like I said at the top of the show, we'll we'll get into the Eastern Conference win totals here. And guys, uh, let's just dive right into it. You know, Scott, you mentioned the one team that doesn't have a win total right now, and obviously because of all the trade rumors and things start circulating with your team is the Brooklyn Nets. So we'll just start right there and just discuss them. Um, it almost seems like now, and you guys uh, hit the nail on the head of this when we did the episode a month and a half ago, it just kind of seems like now that Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons are not going anywhere. And it seems like they're going to either run it back and we'll see what happens at the trade deadline as we do approach the season. But Scott, let me just start with you. Is it the up- lap time? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to give you the floor. Victory lap. Go ahead. Well, I believe the last show that we had uh, was immediately when Durant originally requested a trade or his people requested a trade or however, you know, trade demands work nowadays. Yeah. But I believe I said straight up, I think the whole situation is extremely fishy. And I thought that there was a very good chance that it was a bluff to potentially get Kyrie some extra leverage to get him paid for a new contract. I said I thought the Nets would keep everybody, and as of right now, they have. And it seems like Durant had a last-second, I'd say, repeat where he met up with Joe Sy, and it seemed like, according to some media sources, which I don't know how reliable they are, he requested a trade again, and Joe Sy said, have fun, I'll see you in two weeks. And Katie said, okay, I I I guess. So, yeah, uh, they want to get paid. And it seems like Kyrie has officially decided to return. Katie's going to return. And Simmons, I really haven't heard anything about, which is probably for the best over the course of the offseason. <laughs> and I believe the initial reaction that Terrell had listening to my points was taking the Nets to win the title at about 50 to 1. Yeah. And I believe that's down to roughly 15 to 1 mm-hmm. right now. 
So I'm going to pat myself on the back because while everyone was trying to predict where KD was going to go, I was one of the only people that said nowhere. And so far, he's gone nowhere. So yeah, I'm going to take a victory lap for it. And as of right now, the Nets still have a quote-unquote big three. So, <laughs> well, because, I, I mean, it's still a couple of months out. So you can argue that KD could still leave. But from what yeah. we've seen, most people, I'd say in the media thought he'd be gone and I hung tough and he's still there. So there you go. Trell, you're the one that picked up the, the ticket at 50 to one. Maybe you yep. want to uh, make it more exciting than Scott was well, Scott's little, he's still a little, uh, he's it's cautiously early in the morning, optimistic, uh, yeah. but Terrell, yeah, you picked up the ticket, man. How are you feeling about it? I mean, it's down to 14 to one. So you got some great value uh, on the I mean, ticket I feel- right now. I feel good. I feel great. I'm sitting here and I'm getting ready to sell. I just need, you know, wait for the demand to be up and the demand's not going to be up until KD's actually playing in games through the season. If KD, when KD laces up them boots and puts on that next uh, uniform and checks in for the first time, then I will 100% punt this ticket because people are going to be like, oh, KD's playing. Well, I want 50 to 1 on the Brooklyn Nets. And who am I not to obligate them and what the people want? I'm a man of the people. I am a man of the people. So if you want a 50 to one Brooklyn Nets ticket, just hit my line. I got it for you. I got you. Because look, I mean, I was on the same wave as Scott. It was just too much compensation for me, honestly. It's there was way too much you had to give up to get Kevin Durant. And I didn't think anybody was doing that. I didn't even think people were going to give up what they got gave up to get Rudy Gobert. <laughs> so, Go- Gobert got the assist because if so, the Gobert trade doesn't happen, Katie might have Katie's actually been gone. traded. He would have been gone. They would have yeah. traded him for the exact same deal that Rudy Gobert yeah. got. And so, hey, I mean, it is what it is. Shout out to the Timberwolves for getting their deal done first because there's no way they would have got that haul they got if Katie got traded before Gobert. And I'm so I'm cooling. I'm cooling. I'm sitting on the ticket. You know, maybe maybe I keep the ticket. Maybe they say they look good. I'm like, oh, Brooklyn might be able to do this thing. So, you know, we'll see what happens in the future. And I think that Munaf kind of had the key phrase when he started saying in honor of one of his best friends and a guy who's been on the show before. uh, Nobody knows shit. I feel like the NBA insiders definitely were really exposed throughout this entire KD saga, as well as for a decent portion of the offseason, you kept hearing rumblings, whether it was from Woj or Shams or any of these guys. And so so I get that they're well-connected, but we know that KD has always been relatively close-knit, and it seems like his guys don't exactly leak that much valuable information or classified information. And it really felt like the insiders at all times were just grasping at straws. And it seemed like they were trying to throw out random rumors and were hoping that something would stick. It happened again earlier this week where somebody else came out. I can't remember who it was. And he said, Katie's more likely to retire than play for the Nets. And I said said back in July, there's a 0% chance KD's going to retire because he's too competitive and he's also older. He can't afford to sit out a year. And KD responded about a day later saying the guy's full of shit. So I feel like pretty much every insider, quote-unquote, if that's what you want to call him, was just dead wrong on the entire saga. And it feels like I was right. And I didn't have any connections. I just went with common sense. And people were just trying to visualize what they wanted to see, which was KD leaving. But it really wasn't there ever. And people kept trying to make it there. And I don't know. But that was my main takeaway. The NBA insiders, they got cooked the entire KD saga for trades. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's not looking very good, like you mentioned, for some of these guys that I've been reporting in the NBA. But uh, do you guys have anything else to add about the Nets before we dive into the win totals? Nope. I, All right. There's nothing to add. <laughs> I mean, it's the oh, yeah. same thing as last year, isn't it? Yeah. And I think the latest report, I mean, so yesterday I think Woj mentioned that the Lakers were willing to put two first-round picks or their two first-round picks on the table for Kyrie, but yeah. the Nets were still not interested in uh, you know trading Kyrie over to the Lakers, but we'll see what transpires. All right, before we get into the win totals, let me tell you guys about our presenting sponsor, WinBet. Thinking of joining WinBet, now is the perfect time. New customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. If you're betting baseball, you have to check out WinBet, their reduced juice in baseball games. 
and it really makes them the best place to bet on MLB. Plus, the WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus of up to $1,000. Plus, Win has also just released their first quarterback with five touchdown prop bets. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offers up to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 years or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We're also brought to you by Odds Trader. What is Odds Trader? Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all the major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes, promotion codes from sports book to really get the best deal and the best bonus available to you. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather for betters to make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker so betters can keep records of all your games and your betting activity. So all you got to do is go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. That's oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. All right, gentlemen, let's get into these Eastern Conference win totals. We'll go from uh, the least amount of win totals to uh, the highest. And we'll start right there at the bottom with the Indiana Pacers, who currently have a win total projected of 24 and a half. Uh, we saw that they traded the uh, sorry they traded Malcolm Brogdon uh, to Boston, and it looks like it's going to be the Tyrese Halliburton show uh, at least in uh, Indiana for now. Last season, the Indiana Pacers finished with 25 wins, going 25 and 57 over the course of the season. Just were not a very good road team last year, where they were only nine and 32. And it looks like this season, outside of Tyrese Halliburton, I'm not very impressed with this ro- uh, roster. I know they picked up uh, Ben Matherin out of Arizona in the draft, but it's going to be a very young team, we can say, with Halliburton and Chris Duarte in the backcourt. Terrell, let me start with you on this win total for the Indiana Pacers at 24 and a half. What are you thinking for this team coming into the season? So he's taking on with everybody. Why are you asking him? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know why you're asking. I'm just going ahead, going automatic unders. But no. So this Indiana Pacers team is a team that you kind of want to get excited for. You kind of want to feel because you know Tyrese Halliburton is a really good player. He's probably going to be one of the players that top towards the top of the league in assists. And actually, I wouldn't be mad if you put in a most improved player. You know, bit in for him. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even be mad at that. But that it's just one? not a. You said, yeah, I got I an 18 to one, 18, 18 to one, got 18. Yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't be mad at that because he's going to be the guy on this team. And I would have liked this a lot better for Indiana if they were able to pull the DeAndre Eaton thing through. But the Phoenix Suns came and said that, no, we're going to hold on to him for a little bit longer. And so now that kind of just really puts them in a bad spot. That was going to be a good one two punch with Tyrese Halliburton on a pick and roll coming in, especially offensively and what Rick Carlisle wants to do. But there's no defense on this team whatsoever. There, yeah. there's I. You have Ben Matherin, who's going to come in and probably try to add a little bit. But that's not how Rick Carlisle plays his ball. Rick Carlisle wants to score more points than you. He wants to run. He wants to push the pace. He wants to get the most out of the players that he has on the offensive side of basketball, and then just kind of hold serve on the defensive end. And so, that's going to be a struggle for this. Indiana Pacers team, when you think about all the offensive units that they have to go play, not only in the entire league, but just in their own division. So I I like Indiana. It sounds like a good story, but this one just seems like it just needs to go under. They won 25 games last year, and yeah. arguably they had a better roster. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything that you just said there. I think that, you know, Scott, you and I have uh, talked about this even offline, that Pacers are just one of the teams that we blindly probably want to bet their game totals to go over the total just because the way they play, like under Rick Carl, like Terrell just said, he hit the nail on the head there. And I agree with uh, uh, Terrell everything. I would go under 24 and a half on this team as well. I do like the Tyrese Halliburton angle. He has a key to his offense now. It's going to be really exciting to watch him play um, as the guy in Indiana. But, Scott, do you have anything else to add for this uh, Indiana Pacers team? I think the one thing to add is that, especially whether regards to whether it involves injuries or just based on the youth movement, I'm assuming Miles Turner is getting traded either before the season or during the season. Eventually, or yeah. We saw him get At injured. At some point. Yeah, we saw him get injured midway through last year. 
and there were rumors about him being moved. They ended up not moving him, and he just ended up rotting on the bench for the last couple of months. But the point is, with him being out, they have no rim protection. They can't really guard anyone on the perimeter. And we really saw it at the very, very end when you just took opponent team totals over in every game, and they would give up 130 every game, and nothing would change. And Carlisle, I never remember being a coach that was this, I'd say, bad at defensive game planning back when he was with Dallas. I know that some of it's roster-based, but it seems like this team just wants to play fast, and there's no actual strategy involving winning games because nobody on the team even tries to play defense. Halliburton is an okay wing defender. I feel like he's a little bit overrated when it comes to the way people view his defense. He's fine. Matherin in Arizona, I don't remember being a great defensive player, but he's an offensive force. Yeah, I'm going to see a lot of overs in-game, but as a result, it means you're going to give up a bunch of points, and I think Indiana is probably going to win closer to 23 games in this one. I don't think it's going to be a rocking chair winner. I think they'll get somewhere in the low to in the low 20s but if you really just can't stop anybody i'm not going to pick you to win many games and i do think turner will be traded at some point during the season maybe even lance stevenson if there's a market for him i don't know but the point is this team is still going full youth movement and that should be the case at the end of the year i'm going with the under as well yeah last season they were two and 14 in their own division i mean they have the bucks in the Cavs, where you know they started out great last season they also have the chicago bulls who should be more healthy this season and the detroit pistons are going to be um yeah a lot better just coming into this season so um let's get over to the next team guys orlando magic they ended up with paulo pancaro taking him number one overall um in the this draft um this past season last season they ended up 22 and 60, um, 10 and 31 on the road, 12 and 29 at home, 3 and 13 in their division. Uh, this season, like I men- mentioned, they add Pancaro to this team. Uh, looking at Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner, uh, Wendell Carter Jr. A lot of, again, another team that has a lot of young players on this roster. Um, maybe I think they can put it together, but I still feel like they're a, a little bit away here, Scott. But let me start with you on the Orlando Magic here that has a win total coming into this season of 26 and a half. So you said put it together. I'm going to use that terminology too. I think they can put it together for potentially 30 wins. You know, I don't know if Orlando is going to play in the parade if they get to 30 wins because they're still not going to make the playoffs. But I do think that there is a lot of talent on this roster. And I think this team totals or the win totals too low. Because if you want to look at last season, you mentioned the record. It wasn't very good. However, a lot of their key players were injured. And yeah. Cole Anthony only played in 65 games. So he missed about 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wagner played pretty much every game, missed three. But Wendell Carter, who is one of their best players, missed 21 games. Yeah. And Suggs ended up missing uh, somewhere north of 30 games last year. So I'm not saying Suggs was very good in his rookie season, but he was definitely a guy who would have gotten a bunch of minutes who couldn't because he was injured. So you're going to get those three back who you're hoping can stay healthier. And Boncaro, we can say, is the most pro-ready rookie. Sure. And from what we've seen so far in Summer League, and even if you want to follow some of the Drew League stuff or whatever, he's been really, really good. And I do think that Orlando is good enough to finish somewhere in the high 20s, maybe even 30 flat. But I think this win total is a little bit too low. Do I think they're basically going to be three wins better than last year with a lot of key players potentially playing more games because of health and Boncaro showing up? It seems a little low to me. I'm going to take the over. Terrell? Yeah, I'm... I'm with the over here. And wait, it's wait, just, but you said you're taking all the unders. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this one's, this I, we, one's a little too. We got yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, they just it was bad. It was a bad scheduling spot, and we you know they snuck <laughs> one from us earlier in the season. But no, I'm I'm rolling with the over here because yeah, I know we talk about Ben Caro, but when we go back to last year, they hit it out the park with Suggs and Wagner. Man, they hit yeah. it out the park, and I, I talked about it going into last year, and that's why I was on Orlando last year. And I was on the over on their win total. I was a year late, but 
I like that roster that they had put together, and I thought they got two really good people from the draft, and now here they come again, you know, returning serve with Ben Carroll and Caleb Houston joining this roster. That's really big, man. That's really big. That's really good. And for some reason, Terrence Ross and Gary Harris are still here. And so, I mean, if yeah. you're here, you're going to contribute. <laughs> you're going to mm-hmm. contribute until, the, you know, the trade deadline where they hopefully ship those guys off this year, let them join, you know, a, a contender for real. But you still think about what Wendell Carter was able to do last year for them. He was really, really good for them. Bowl Bowl is on this team as well. So that brings another another big guy down there with Mo Bamba. They have a lot of size on this team and a lot of depth. And so I'm like, all right, now it's time for – you know, Jamal Mosley to go out there and let the young boys hoop, let the young boys hoop, coach them up, get them playing as a unit. I'm not saying that this is anything like the young group that we saw out of Memphis and how they took their rise to ascension. But if you're looking at the roster in Orlando, you got to feel pretty good about their chances and at least beating up on the bad teams and getting those easy wins. So, yeah, give me the Orlando Magic over. That eight different guys last season that average uh, double digits for this team. And, um, you know, Jalen Suggs, I know he had an injury early on. It, it was in um, NBA Summer League. I think it was a thumb injury that he had. But yeah. I'm excited for this backcourt, Cole Anthony and, and Jalen Suggs. And, you know, you guys mentioned it with Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, and the depth that they do have. Who knows if Gary Harris and Terrence Ross are still on this roster come, you know, during the season or trade deadline where teams need to pick up some additional pieces or, you know, 3 and D guys. But, um, yeah, I, I agree with you guys about this this roster. It seems like at the three levels that they have guys, not only star potential star players, but also enough depth behind those guys where this team is going to be exciting to watch. And um, yeah, I do like the over 26 and a half for this team as well. Let's go over to the next team, guys. Um, I'm excited for this team. It's going to be the Detroit Pistons. Currently, their win total sits at 28 and a half. Last season, this team ended up 23 and 59. Um, they were 6 and 10 in the division, 10 and 31 on the road last season, 13 and 28 um, uh, on their home floor. You know, our other co host, Zach, was very high on this team, you know, not only last season, but he said the future is very bright for this team. But and now it seems like it's, it's coming together for this uh, Detroit Pistons team. They picked up Jalen Ivey uh, in the draft this year with the fourth overall pick. You pair him with Cade Cunningham. You have Sadiq Bey on this roster. Uh, Marvin Bagley, maybe he can find his way on this team as well. Uh, Isaiah Stewart, you know, you have Killian Hayes. So they have some ballers on this team. Uh, uh, Terrell, let me start with you on this Detroit Pistons team. It almost seems like it is, I guess, quote-unquote, go time with the talent that they do have on this roster and guy that, that can, you know, flat-out hoop and put the ball inside the basket. But 28-and-a-half here for the Detroit uh, Pistons. What are you thinking here? I actually don't think the Pistons should have a higher win total than the Magic. I, I think the Pistons yeah. – I think the Magic are, are a better team on paper than the Pistons right now. And – Granted, the Pistons are fun. They gave us an incredible stretch of covering games to end the season that was really to be commended. And honestly, they should be awarded one of the best teams in the league for that stretch of covering games towards the end of the season. I really, really they, appreciate it. That's how you finish the season strong. That's how you finish the season strong. But when you look into it a little bit more, I think that they're that front, that starting five looks fun. You know, when we talk about Jaden Ivey, we talk about Kay Cunningham, like that looks fun. Jalen Durant coming into that team, that looks fun. That does. That really does look fun. But when it comes after that, and I just kind of look behind, you know, behind the scenes in the depth of this team, it just doesn't give what it needs to give in looking at consistent playmakers coming off the bench that will be able to, one, elevate scoring and elevate on a defensive intensity or even do anything better for this team. I like the idea of the Detroit Pistons, but I don't know if they're a hundred percent ready to take that leap yet. And I know everybody's probably on them when you hear Jalen Ivey and Durant coming in, but this team was running off of backups last year and, you know, they were competitive, but it wasn't that good. Those backups are now the backups this year. You're bringing in the rookies. That's going to take some type of, what's the word I'm looking for, adjustment. Sure. And I I don't know. I just don't think that they put it together enough. I really don't think they should have a higher win total there in the Magic. I'm actually going to go under with this Detroit Pistons team. Scott? 
So I thought it was going to be contrarian, but Terrell kind of stole my thunder there. I'm going with the under as well. I think this number is a bit high. You talked about all the moves they made in the draft and what they did in the offseason, but once again, Jeremy Grant's no longer there, and yeah. he was a very big yeah. scorer for that team. Yeah, I think Ivy's going to be a really good pro, but we saw him get injured in Summer League, and I wonder how long the growing pains are going to last to fully make the transition into the NBA, especially since Ivy in college was an extremely ball-dominant guard. Rightly mm-hmm. so. He's the most athletic player on Purdue. It wasn't close. He should have had the ball in his hands the entire time. But I think we both know that Cade's going to have the ball. It's his offense. And I wonder how Ivy's going to do off-ball. Now, I'm sure they're going to rotate, and Ivy's going to have his chances. But I do think it's going to take maybe a year or so to build up some chemistry in the backcourt. Mm-hmm. Now, Bagley actually was pretty good for them last year. Sadiq Bay had moments. Sadiq Bay had the most underrated 50-point game since, I don't know, Corey Brewer. But I do think <laughs> that you're going to – I do or think Derek you're going to end up – Derrick Rose yeah. when he was with uh, Memphis, too. He had a fit. Yeah, that's true. But still, I think you're going to be looking at a team that's going to be a lot of fun to watch just because of the talent uh, with the youth of that roster. But I feel like the Pistons are kind of where the Magic were last year, where you have a pretty entertaining backcourt – this backcourt has a much higher ceiling than Suggs and Cole Anthony, but you get what I'm trying to say. Right. I just am not sure if the overall pieces surrounding those two are good enough right now to lead this team to 30-something wins. Plus, I'm not sure if Dwayne Casey's actually a good coach for this team because yeah. he's still, for some reason, there, and he's done nothing with Detroit since he got there. I'm assuming he's going to get fired midway through the season, so we're going to see what happens. But the fact that I'm not exactly sold on Dwayne Casey, the fact that this overall roster from top to bottom isn't as deep as I'd like it to be, and the fact that Ivy did miss some summer league action because of an ankle injury, I'm not totally sure how long it's going to take for him to fully adjust to life in the NBA. So you might see some early growing pains. You might see some struggles. But I do think this team will probably win close to 25, 26 games. Their division's also tough, which doesn't help. So I'm going to go with the under. Yeah, and that was a point that I was going to make is that is Dwayne Casey the answer for this young group with the players that they do have at the head coaching head coaching position? I, I don't think so. And I think that if there are – eventually I think there are going to be odds that do drop on first coach to be fired. I think Dwayne Casey, you've got to put a little bit on that. Uh, on on this roster as well, but I love, love the point that you guys did bring up is that this roster really improve of at least five and a half wins compared to last year, where they only had twenty three. And look, Cade only played forty seven games last year, um, and, and there's a lot of question marks coming into the or last year with this roster where they just really didn't have any playmakers. I mean, you know, Terrell, you did mention that this team was a great team that was covering spreads, and that you hit some big money line dogs with them last year. They were number eight last season overall and covering spreads uh, right in front of actually the Golden State Warriors. So, um, yeah, as much as I I did want to take the over, you guys kind of convinced me here. You made some great valid points here to take the under with the um, Detroit Pistons. All right, moving on to the next team, the Washington Wizards. When this is kind of where the leap kind of comes because we go from 28 and a half to 35 and a half for the Washington Wizards. Last season, the Wizards ended up with a record of 35 and 47. They were 21 and 20 on their home floor, 14 and 27 on the road, 7 and 9 in their division. We saw the, the max contract that Bradley Beal signed to return to the Washington Wizards. Uh, they also got Kristaps Porzingis uh, at the, I believe it was a trade deadline last yep. year. And you do have some pieces like Kyle Kuzma on this roster as well. But you I don't know, somebody. guys. You forgot somebody. Who did I forget? Bradley Keeper Bag Beal. I said Bradley Beal. No, no. that You didn't say his name right, so I didn't think you were referring to him. I thought you were referring to his ghost. No, that's Bradley Keeper Bag Beal to you. I've been uh, calling <laughs> him Bradley, and I want my money now, Beal. It's my <laughs> money, and I want it now, Beal. Yeah, yeah. Bradley Keeper Bag Beal, you know, resigns with the team, and now he's keeping a bag. He's going he's gonna to make it work with Washington for however long he wants. It's just... Yeah. So since he signed an extension with the Wizards, does that make him Damian Lillard light, or how does this work? 
<laughs> he's he's uh he's Damian Lillard live. That's what I, that's what I'm making. Okay, I'm asking. Yeah, okay. yeah, Damian Lillard 2K, then Damian Lillard live. I mean, I'm telling you, I've I've called it and I've said it. There's gonna be some type of one for one swap swap for Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal, and they're just gonna be like, all right, let's just swap these bags over to, across coast and just try different scenery because these guys just say fuck everything. We're getting paid. So you think it's a more talented version of the Wall Westbrook trade? At some point down yeah, the road. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they added Monte Morris to this team. And uh, Scott, you're in yours, or Matt, maybe I should say my favorite player, uh, Will Barton, also on this roster for the Washington Wizards. They did pick up Johnny Davis um, uh, with, a, I believe it was a 10th overall pick yep. in the past draft. Rui Achimura yep. should be back for this team as well. Uh, they have DeLon Wright, so and Denny Avdia, who was uh, you know he was pretty decent when he was on the floor for this team. So there are some pieces on this roster, guys, but it almost feels like this is going to be another another maybe another team that doesn't play a lot of defense. But uh, Scott, let me start with you on the Washington Wizards and their win total currently sitting at thirty five and a half. So you mentioned their total wins last year, which was thirty five. Correct. However, we do have to touch upon the fact that it was extremely front loaded. Because this team was actually in possession of, what was it, the one seed for about a day and a half? Bastards. Yeah. And then yeah. they immediately hit a cliff. They fell off a cliff, and they ended up not even in the play-in. Like they, it was really a tale of two halves for them in the regular season. I like the under for their win total. Now, I get that they made some strides last year early on. I do like the head coach. I think he's pretty good. Kuzma was very good. But I can't help but look at this roster and they're just assuming that Beal and Porzingis are going to, A, have chemistry, B, stay healthy. And I don't trust really either guy to stay healthy. I think that Porzingis is a lot more injury-prone than Beal, but Beal has missed a lot of games in his career. And the fact that both guys I'm concerned about playing north of 60 games in a season, I can't take an over. I don't have any faith in the durability of their best two players. Not to mention the fact that the rest of the supporting cast, I think, is okay. It's not a great overall roster. I think it's a meh team. But until I actually see Beal and Porzingis, you keyword and there, play 70-plus games, I can't take an over with them. And if things get ugly down the stretch, do they potentially rest Beal at the end of the year and try to test out the younger guys? Maybe. They might be tanking games late. So... I'm not going to say they're going to be in the full Victor sweepstakes, but I, I think every team's in the Victor sweepstakes if they're not in the playoffs about, I don't know, four months into the season. I'm going to go with the under. I think this team probably wins close to 32 games, 31 games, something like that. It's a great point that you made about, you know, their two best players, are they going to be available? And Do you think last- they will? I don't think so because last season you saw Bradley Beal played 40 games last season, uh, and, and KP we know – he 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 will miss time, significant time in last season. He only played 17 games, I believe. That was um I'll double check that here. I don't know if that was just with the Wizards or that was just for the combined season when it was with Dallas and uh Washington. But uh yeah, that's a great point that you make there is that the best thing you can do for your team is be available. And a lot of times these two players are more more times than not are not available for this team, but um or on the floor because of injuries and things like that. But Terrell, uh Washington Wizards, 35 and a half. Last season, I believe this number was at 33 and a half, I want to say. But what are Terrell, your thoughts Terrell on Terrell doesn't want to talk about the win total from last year. He doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. I, a, a tough bad beat towards the end of the season where the Wizards got one more win than they probably should have. But You saw it you coming, know. though. So you were prepared yeah, for the Yeah, I was, I was mentally prepared for them to win that last game, and it killed me by the hook. But, I mean, my pre- I was ultimately right that they were really, really bad. They just got to a hot start. And I... I don't know. My my question is still what version of Kyle Kuzma are we going to get for the entire course of the season with Bradley Beal playing? Now, luckily for Kyle Kuzma, there's a decently sized portion that Bradley Beal doesn't play all these games. So we, we'll see. But if Kuzma and Beal can get this going, then that's actually a pretty good one-two punch in terms of scoring. And but what is Kuzma, by the way? Is he going back to small forward because he was really good at power forward? But you have Porzingis, you have Gafford, you have a lot of options at center. So are they going to move Kuzma back to small forward? 
I, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't want to speculate that at all. I think that I think he was good and stat wise, he was good at power forward, but we know his natural position is small forward and to be able to kind of go and take those guys off the dribble a little bit and, you know, sometimes get a smaller matchup because he's a bigger of a small forward than most people are putting into their lineup. And so I'll be interested to see what exactly lineup, but it's stuff like that that just has a whole bunch of questions around Washington and, I want to lean over because if I look on paper, this is it is an interesting team. But I'm just curious on one, the health of the team, as we all know, and two, how long can they put this all together? Like, how long is it going to take for them to put this all together and get flowing, Joeing, and everybody knowing? So I don't know. Let's let, I'll go with the under here. I just I'm very very I'm hesitant, but I have to see if Bradley Bill plays a full season. This goes over, but I just for don't the, know if Bradley yeah. Bill is going to get a full season under his belt. For the record, I do think Kuzma should play the four. I thought that that was his best position so far of his career because he had basically had a career year last year. But the problem is when you bring Porzingis in and you just gave Gafford an extension and you have a bunch of other pieces still on the team that can play potentially the small forward, you just drafted Kispert and Avdia. You probably mm-hmm. want one of them to start. That's why I have a hard time with the Wizards because I'm not even sure if they know what their starting lineup is right now. Yeah, I, I mean, you're making a great point about Kuzma being at the four. You probably want to start then KP at the five. Do you trust him at the five? He's I never mean, really been known for being a great defensive player. He has the occasional block, but yeah. I don't trust him on the perimeter guarding people and pick and rolls. Yeah, and then you probably either, you know, I mean, what it looks like, you probably have Will Barton coming off the bench, and if you want to put uh, either, you know, you would have to move Kuzma to the three and then either – KP to the four and then Gafford at the, starting at the five position. But, you know, that, that we'll talk about that when we get closer to the season. And I, th- I think you made a lot of great, a lot of the points that I was going to make there, Scott, is that are the two best players on this team going to be available for this team? Last season, uh, out of the 82 games last season, KP played 34 with Dallas and 17 with the Washington Wizards. So he missed about 31 games last season um, in between, you know, over the course of the season, what I'm trying to say. But uh, again, availability is the best thing you can have for your team. Um, let's get over to the next team on the list here, guys. It's going to be the Charlotte Hornets. Currently, their win total is going to be 36 and a half. Last season, this team finished the season with 43 wins. They were 43 and 39. They snuck in as a 10 seed and were in that play in tournament. Uh, we're above 500, are both at home and away. Some question marks about this roster coming into this season. We know that Miles Bridges dealing dealing with a legal issue, but um, that's right one, that's now one way to, that's one way to put it. Okay, sure. Yeah, uh, Lamelo Ball. <laughs> right. I don't want to dive into it, but you know, it might be going Ball, to jail. You know, either yeah. other way. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, Lamelo Ball, Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward still on this team, and my favorite Mason Plumlee still on this roster as well. Here, uh, Scott, let me start with you with the Charlotte Hornets, thirty six and a half here, under. I think this team's going to be a disaster. If you want to talk about a team that is going to potentially fall off a cliff, I think that the Hornets are a very good candidate for that because, first of all, they fired their coach. And they I actually been. didn't mind their coach. I thought he was fine. I, yeah. I, I get that you know you want to make the play-in, you want to do this, and they did. Unfortunately, they just got smacked every time they made it to the play-in. But I don't know what to like about this roster. Because Bridges, before the whole off-the-court issue, was a really good player for them. Yeah. And they probably were going to give him some type of max contract. Like, that's how valuable he was to the team. Mm -hmm. And then the whole incident happened, and now they're without one of their best players. And this team defensively was a disaster no matter how you slice it. And they're always going to be bad defensively because Lamelo Ball refuses to play defense. We knew that when he came into the league. So... If their best players don't buy in defensively, then the entire team's obviously not going to buy in defensively. And I don't exactly like the core of this roster with Bridges being gone. And if you want to talk about what I think the ceiling of this team is, I think they can only win games one way. I think they have to outscore you. I don't think they're going to stop anybody on a game-in, game-out basis. And you look at the rest of their overall team, do you think they have a really good roster? Because I don't. And Hayward's another situation, kind of like Porzingis, where it's great if the guys that you're paying a lot of money actually play because the Hornets have been good whenever Hayward's been on the court. The problem is he's never on the court because he's injured. So I can't trust him staying healthy 
But if you look at this overall roster, I do like Mark Williams as a rookie, but what do they really have? They don't really have anything. I'm going to go with the under because I think this team defensively is going to be a train wreck. Yeah, and this is one of the teams I think early on last year, even like midway, where we were just blindly we saw Charlotte on 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 the schedule, and we're just looking at the over because they it were came just in that waves. Bad. Yeah, they were a very very streaky total team last year. Yeah, um, and you're right about the roster construction here. Like you have Lamelo Ball, okay, Terry, Terry Scary Terry is is pretty good as well, but I think Gordon Hayward, if they can unload his contract and maybe you know he ends up somewhere else. Um, Mason Plumley again. You guys know how I feel about him. PJ Washington's just uh, you know another name on this roster. But, but who Terrell, plays defense on this team? Besides, you, besides maybe Mark Williams, the rookie, and I'm not sure if he's going to start the season on the bench. But but that's what they brought Steve Clifford back for. Like that's the reason that Steve Clifford is back on this team. And you know the Charlotte Hornets in the offseason went and they just said, hey, like I'm finna spin the block. Like you know, hey, my new joint don't want to mess with me no more. You know, I thought I had this little new thing on my arm, but she, you know, playing. So I'm about to spin the block. And they spun the block to Steve Clifford and said, Did hey, you like the hire or no? So, I, I mean, is it, it? they needed a coach. They needed a coach. They were at this point after the draft and, well, coming up to the draft and they still didn't have a coach. And, you know, the draft goes by, no coach. And you're like, hey, Steve Clifford has been there. He could, He's maintained that relationship with the ownership, with the front office. And he knows this to the in and outs of this team. So why not? The, the issue that they thought that they were doing when they got rid of Clifford was they thought that they, that they were needed a difference of philosophy, something different in there, something to push this team to the next level. And they weren't able to get there. In fact, the defense got a lot worse. They had a top 12 defense all five years with uh, Steve Clifford. And, you know, once that's over, once he's gone, now they're down to 22. And so I think that what Clifford has done in the past, he's a defensive-minded head coach. He's going to get them playing better. I'm not going to say they're out here going to be one of the top defenses in the league, but it's definitely going to be improved. I think he's going to get a little bit more buy-in. And then he's going to push the tempo. And he's going to push the tempo. He's going to put the ball in his point guard's hands. So I think LaMelo Ball is going to have a really, really good year. Ultimately, do I think that this is enough to hit this win total? No, I think they fall a little bit short this year. I don't think that they get into the play-in like they have for the past two years. I think this is a little bit of a regression year, and it's ultimately because of the big piece that's leaving in Miles Bridges. And so I'm under, but I don't think it's because of defense. I just think that there's a lack of talent on this team, and it's going to come and hurt them in big moments, especially once, you know, every team deals with injuries and all that stuff. Once that stuff starts rolling around, I think they'll be fun to watch. I just don't think it'll come to uh, It'll come to a lot of wins. But what's, yeah, this- what's- What's the replacement plan? Are they just going to give Kelly Oubre like all of Bridges' minutes and say, "Give me something"? Like they, I don't know what they're supposed to do. Uh, they lost their second best. They lost their second or third no, best player. I, I mean, think it's just more. I mean, you still have a pretty decent lineup, and this there's still talent on this team that hasn't been tapped into. But I mean, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at. It, I'm like, all right, you got Lamelo, you got Terry, and then J. Washington and Gordon Hayward. He he missed a lot of games, but when he's in there, they win games. So I mean, he he earns his money because they win games when he's in the lineup. So yeah, but he won't stay in the lineup. In there. We know he's going to get hurt. But I'm trying. Uh, that's my point. I I have to assume that Bridges is a better player than Hayward, right? Because he's more reliable based on health. So Charlotte lost a second best player, replaced him with nobody, and they're supposed to. Make it back to the play-in. I, I don't see it. And to go back to the coach, I think Munaf and I are on the same page here. You're a bit more optimistic, Terrell. I hated the hire. Yeah. I thought it was extremely uninspired. I thought it was a classic retread. And it seemed like a desperation move when they put all the regs in the as when the Atkins and D'Antoni, you know, type of move and it blew up in their faces. And it seemed like that failed and they decided to call up one of their exes because, you know, the new people they wanted weren't available. So they went back they to knew, one of their exes. They, hey, they knew what it was like. They knew what it was like. And they knew that was like, hey, this was, we got to, now we got to remember, Clifford didn't leave there on bad terms. It wasn't like they were a terrible team when he left. They were a playoff team when he left. And then he came back to this dumpster fire that's going yeah, on. Yeah, they right also now. had prime Kemba and the East was weaker back then. So and, there are a couple so, other variables to throw in, but I wasn't a fan of the hire. I, I really don't know how much with defense especially in today's basketball where a lot of it's player, uh, you know, the player empowerment movement and stuff like that. Are we sure a team that LaMelo's the best player on and is given free reign 
is actually going to commit defensively because I've never seen Lamelo commit defensively in his entire career, it, including like be high better. school and including Australia. He's never been a good defensive player. I mean, it's a lot of people that don't commit defensively to the defensive side of the ball. I'm not saying that they're about to be out here and be world beaters. I'm still on this under, but I do think that Clifford was brought in for the reason. They said, hey, yeah, we know you. We know what this like. We're in this situation. Can you help us? Yeah, all right. And he's going to come in there. He's going to do a pretty decent job. He's going to make LaMelo look a lot better, and LaMelo's going to look great next year. He really is. It's just this team isn't going to amount to much. And defensively, it's going to leave more to be desired, but I think it's going to be better than the output they put last season for sure. So I'm going to ask, how many wins do you, both of you think that Miles Bridges is worth on this team? Uh, I mean, according to the win total, it seems like he's worth five to six. How many How many wins did they have last year again? 43. Okay. And then right now they're at 36 and a half. Yeah. Okay. Do you think that's a fair number? Or do you think that that's a little bit much? I think it's a fair number. I do. I mean, like I last he's a, year, he's a really good player. Yeah. Well, last year, I want to pull up his numbers here real quick. Go ahead. He was I going to get a max contract. Like he was that good. It was a it was in a contract year two for him, right? Yeah. Last year yeah. as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. I um, mean, I think he was somebody playing that was playing for his money, and of course, yeah. but I mean, he's not he's not doing that anymore. And I'm just like, all right. Well, I mean, it it. Him not being there is definitely cause for concern, and it definitely plays into the under. But ultimately, I think it's like, all right, it's just tough shit. That's tough news. Like, And it's enough for me to say under. I would probably be slightly over on this team if he was there, but it's enough for me to say instead of 35 wins, they finished cap out at like 32, 33. I yeah, think, this, I think Charlotte's right. sorry. I, I just one last point. I think Charlotte's going to be the ultimate public trap over bet because they made the play in the last couple of years you'd assume they're going to win 40 something games but you look at the roster it's really not that great and i think that a lot of people are going to say lamello and the new coach and they got hayward back and maybe they can do something and i do think a lot of people like the hornets because they're entertaining and they got a lot of good highlights and they're fun to watch and whatever but i don't they're gonna win many games and i think that there's going to be a public sharp divide on this actual win total i'm gonna go with the sharps i think the sharps like the under yeah, I'm on the under as well. And like uh, going back to Miles Bridges last year, he played 80 games for the Charlotte Hornets. He led the team. Uh, I, we, he was tied with the uh, leading the team in points with Lamelo Ball. Ball 20.1 points and Miles Bridges 20.2 points per game last season uh, for the Charlotte Hornets. So I mean, that's a big, big uh, void to fill. Um, assuming that he is not going to be playing for this team uh, at least for the foreseeable future. All right, gentlemen. Before we keep it moving, let me get into. The newest sponsor on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, that's going to be Run Your Pool. Uh, Run Your Pool is where we are officially having our SGPN uh, Survivor Contest. And, um, yeah, I just love the ad reads. Give me one second here. Um, I'll come back to the ad reads. Let's go to the next team here. I'll, okay. I'll come back to the ad reads. Let's get over to the New York Knicks, guys. Uh, 39 and a half is their win total for uh, the upcoming season. Last year, this team finished up with a record of 37 and 45. The big news, they added Jalen Brunson in the offseason to this roster to pair with um, Julius Randle. Uh, Mitchell Robinson returns to this team as well. And you also have uh, let's see what their projected lineup is going to be here. Um, yeah, Jalen Brunson, I mean, Evan Fournier, one of Scott's favorites, RJ Barrett, obviously, Julius Randle, and Mitchell uh, Robinson. You still have um, Emmanuel quickly. They're in the rumors for Donovan Mitchell. We'll see if that transpires for this team or not. But right now, Terrell, 39 and a half for the New York Knicks. <sighs> let's see. I wasn't the biggest fan of the no it should be an emotional hedge time but I really wasn't the biggest fan of the Jalen Brunson trait I just felt like he you know he's the typical guy that we go after that person that had a really good season last year and you know he could very well still have a really good season but I think we were look we needed more of a true point guard and I know that's not more of what he's looking for he's more of a two guard another ball handler on the court somebody that can go take it and do it themselves and and I think we needed somebody that was more of a pass first guy, kind of just get everybody else on, get everybody else in the rhythm. And 
it's hard to tell what the hell this team is going to give up if Donovan Mitchell is on the on the forecast. There's a lot of good players on this team. And for the best thing for the Knicks is to trade for Donovan Mitchell because Thibodeau isn't going to play none of these young guys. <laughs> We're not seeing you're not going to see extended minutes for Quentin Grimes and you know Emmanuel quickly, Cam Reddish. Like you're not, he's not playing all these young guys. That's not what Thibodeau does. Now, the best thing for the Knicks was that Taj Gibson and you know, Taj Gibson, Alec Burks, and uh, what's what's the name I'm looking for? Nerlens Noel. Those guys are out of there. So, you know, it's more dependable guys that Thibodeau can kind of stop leaning on and give people like Jericho Sims, who was absolutely amazing in summer league and really good towards the end of the year, minutes throughout the entire season. And so Miles McBride, another name that you're probably not going to see too much of. So the best thing for the Knicks is to trade, trade all these young guys away. So you have somebody that's actually going to play minutes. And... Uh, I'm I'm on the under. I'm I'm emotionally just gonna take the under. I actually do think the Knicks probably have a little bit of a decent season and are in contention for that play-in seed. But emotionally, I'm gonna just take the under and as emotional hedge to this team. But actually, I think the Knicks do have a pretty decent season. I just don't trust the coaching. I don't trust coaching at all. I don't think that Thibodeau is gonna get the most out of these young guys. So the best thing for the Knicks is to just get those guys out there and get somebody that you know Thibodeau is gonna play, which is Donovan Mitchell. If you had to put a percentage on it, Terrell, of the Knicks landing Donovan Mitchell as of today, what would you put it at? 5%. Scott, New York Knicks, 39 and a half. Well, 5% was the number I had for the Knicks getting Mitchell, too. So we're on the same wavelength there. I'm going to go with the under as well. It's not because I'm trying to be a hater. I was trying to lean to an over with this team because they did make some moves during the offseason, which should make the overall team a little bit better. I just have a couple of questions. We talked about the actual coaching situation in, with previous teams. Now, that's a concern. We might see the Pistons, for example, fire Dwayne Casey. Are we sure Thibodeau makes it out of the full year? I, I like, Not at all, no. And I feel like after they blew their third 20-plus point lead in the second half last year, they were considering firing him anyway. So I think there is some instability, at least potentially, with the coaching staff. On top of that, Brunson, I think, is a good offensive player. You want to look at Barrett, pretty solid offensive player as well. Randall was a disaster last year, but we know that he should play better because he really can't play much worse. Yeah. The issue I have is the fact that it's a classic cliche, but it applies to this team. There's only one basketball, and their three best players offensively need the ball in their hands. I don't think Julius Randle has any value when the ball's not in his hands because he views himself as being an isolation scorer. And R.J. Barrett's kind of a similar story. Barrett likes to have the ball in his hands, as he should, because he's a very good player with the ball in his hands. Do I think Brunson's going to be willing to be second fiddle after he just got paid a boatload of money and he's no longer playing with Luka? No. So the issue I have, I think there's going to be a little bit of a controversy brewing early on with who's going to handle the ball the majority of the time. And I think you're going to see some heads clashing as a result of it. And I think chemistry might be an issue early on. So I'm going with the under because I do think that Thibodeau might get fired midseason. I don't think they're going to get Mitchell, at least at this point, maybe midseason, but then you're already up against it and you have to try to make a good run at the end to go over the te- to win total. But I really think chemistry is going to be an issue with this team because they're three best players – I don't think are really good when the basketball is not in their hands. I think they come in exactly at 39 wins. I'm going to give them 37. Or actually, you know what? I'll give them 36. Yeah, I mean, you're right about the point that, you know, that the three best players on this team, and even if they do have a chance of bringing in Donovan Mitchell, that's going to be another player that you do add that's going to need the ball in his hand to be effective. Um, all ball dominant. I mean, right. It's a yeah, Jalen Brunson, RJ Barrett, Julius Randle. Um, I think it's going to be a, take a commitment from this team to be, be good on the defensive side of the basketball. I mean, when you we talk about a head coach like Tom Thibodeau that prides himself on defense, this team just was not very good. And as soon as what I saw last year, that they brought in Evan Fournier and Kimba Walker to kind of be the backcourt. We know those two guys don't play defense, but Fournier is still on this roster. We'll see what they end up doing with him. Um, and then you still have three guys. Um, again, like you mentioned, that are ball dominant. And I agree. I'm not sure if Tom Thibodeau makes it out of this um he, he makes it out of uh this season as a head coach of this team so it's going to be interesting to see if what transpires with donovan mitchell if 
I know they resurface talks again if it does happen. But right now, with this New York team currently constructed, I would also have to go with the under on this team as well. And it's not um, because of talent. It's not because they have talent. Like, there's yeah. talent up and down. This is a very talented roster, actually. It's just the pieces don't mix, and I don't think Tibbs is the coach to play it all together. Do I also think Thibodeau's going to learn from last year's mistakes where the offense went stagnant in every single second half? No. This is, this is who Thibodeau is. He's going to be a good coach at first. You get tired of him by year two or three, and he's still there. I think they should have got rid of him after last year. Truth is, when they when they blew that massive lead in the Cam Thomas game against the Nets, he shouldn't have made it on the plane after. Like that was a ser- I don't know how he kept his job after blowing that many twenty point leads. He had the Laker game on national TV. There were a lot of really bad moments for Thibodeau, especially. I think for a younger core, it might have been time to get a younger coach to grow with the players. I think Thibodeau's a bad fit. But I think so too. Yeah, and and like you know, we talked about this over the past or last season, in the season before, is that, or even in the course of his career, that he doesn't play the young players, and this team has young players on this roster, and and you got to have to play them. But you know, we'll see what happens um, with, with this uh, team going forward, especially if they, like I mentioned, with the Donovan Mitchell rumors as well. All right, there's a team. Me- well, my fault. There are yeah, team that I'm looking to lie a bit the. Well, I bet the under four, I think they're going to start off really quick and I think they're going to look really good. And it's going to be that moment where Stephen A. Smith is going to get on TV and say, hey, look at the New York Knicks. New York Knicks really look good. That's the point to hop in on the under because it's probably going to inflate and then it's smooth sailing from there. It hurts me to say this. You know, that's <laughs> going to come right? Yep. at some point. Yep. And it was funny that he had a rant about the Yankees yesterday and they go on to i mean i know it was a come from behind win but they got a victory there to the yankees after Stephen a rant Ooh, <laughs> nfl news while we wrote while we record in the podcast what you got deshaun watson suspended for 11 games he came to Let's an agreement go. they they met in the middle and met at 11 five million five million dollar fine all right well, what was it six before it was six uh, before. Now it's eleven. But is it? Am I wrong for thinking that the Browns front office is like high fiving each other because he's not suspended for a full year? No. Yeah. No. That's what I'm because sitting there. I'm like everybody. I'm like everybody is like, hey, like <laughs> that's not bad for Cleveland. Yeah. But it's crazy. You know, you didn't do anything, but you're agreeing to like games. All right. Let's, you know. Yeah. Off. He's, All right. Yeah. As I was trying to get to earlier, run your pool. Uh, run your pool is the home of competition, bringing sports fans and their social circles together to compete, connect and make every game matter more. Run your pool offers every game type under the sun from pick them and survivor to fantasy pools. It's a one stop shop for sports gaming with customizable features that you don't get anywhere else. And SGPN has a official NFL Survivor Contest this upcoming season for the NFL season. First place and the winner of Survivor gets $500 in cash plus a $250 gift certificate I'm sorry, to the SGPN merch store. You're probably listening to this podcast. You're one of those guys in the office or in your workplace that has to put all the fantasy leagues and the Survivor pools all together. Make it easy for yourself. Get over to Run Your Pool. They make it so easy. Like I said, they have customizable features. Um, the invitation settings for you to invite people, they make it so simple. All you got to do is copy and paste the link or just email it out. It's super simple. So make sure to uh, check them out at runyourpool.com. And also to get over to the official SGPN NFL Survivor Contest, not only is it free to enter, all you got to do is go to play dot runyourpool.com slash sgpn that's run that's sorry that's play dot runyourpool.com slash sgpn we're also brought to you by sleeper sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players you probably already have the fantasy league on there and we at sgpn use it for ours they just passed four million users and now you can win on sleeper by playing their new over under game first in any sport Choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. With the NFL season right around the corner, Sleeper is the first contest built into the fantasy experience. The main reason I'm excited about over-under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contests and play together. 
It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with a tap of a button. It's insanely fun to write it out together. Just stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP. And Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit of up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash SGP and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Deposit terms and conditions apply. See sleepers terms of use for details. All right, coming off of the break here, guys. This part's been going about an hour now, about about halfway through the teams here in the Eastern Conference with their win totals. I know we're getting in depth. We love talking about the NBA. So what I think we should do is we're going to break this up into two separate podcasts. Um, a part one for the teams that we just talked about, and right after this, once you're done listening to part one. Head over to part two, and we'll get to the rest of the teams in the Eastern Conference. Scott, Terrell, they're going to join me on that part two as well. So we'll finish up the pod on that second one. So NBA content, we love talking about NBA. We're going to go as long as we want, but I think it's best that we break it up into two separate pods here. So I hope we got some good information for the first uh, part of the Eastern Conference that we covered here. Let's wait for the second part, and then hopefully we can break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna go get it. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna go get it. 